Hey guys, what's going on? You are listening to the Black and Saintly Podcast. Here, I'm sharing my personal experience. My name is Kenny Green. And I'm sharing my personal experiences as an African-American member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I have a lot of interesting things to share, a lot of interesting perspectives I feel that I can add to the conversation. So sit back, relax, make sure that you tell your friends, send this on around to social media. If you have a gumption to help this program out, you can join our Patreon community. Links are always in the podcast below. We also um, invite you guys to visit our website at www.black-saintly.com. You can visit us there and connect with us. We also have our podcast archives there. We have our vlog there. We have a lot of stuff there going on. So y'all make sure that you stop on by and check us out. So anyways, let's get into the podcast. Alright, alright, alright. What's going on everybody? It's your boy Kenny Green and you are listening to the inaugural recording of the Black and Saintly Podcast, y'all. This is our very first one. Yay! Um, we're going to be shooting to try to do at least a 30-minute podcast each week. It might go longer. It might go shorter. Um, it just matters on if we have guests. It matters on how much I ramble. Because I can ramble, unfortunately. Um, I'm trying to only give you guys good content, though. I'm not trying to give you guys no bull. Um, I'm trying to give you guys... The real up and real deal, Holyfield, and the truth, and my honest opinions, being a black member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, this podcast is in no way officially or unofficially associated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm just sharing my own personal experiences being a member of that church because I've had a 20-year time as a member of that church, I have had um, many great experiences. I've had my fair share of bad experiences, and we're not going to hold punches. We're going to tell the honest, the goodness, godly truth. So um, I want to get it in. This is the first episode, and I wanted to talk about my testimony, um, so that you guys know a little bit about me. I was born. In the city of Denver, Colorado. Shout out to the Mile High. Mile High salute. Yes sir, yes sir. Um, born in the city of Denver. Um, to two awesome parents. Um, Howard Sanford Denton, which is my pops. And my mom, Lassie. And um, Lassie Green. And I was born to them. Um, however, both of them are developmentally disabled, um, a little bit, um, what they would call, what's the word that they always like to use, like, slow, I guess, um, I hate that word, um, I just think that they're on a different wavelength than the rest of us, and I think it's a better wavelength, so it's their propensity to sin is a lot less, so anyways, I was born to, um, Sanford, is what we call our dad, my dad, Sanford, and Lassie Green. Um, 
but because of their disabilities, immediately from birth, I was taken care of by my great aunt Eva. Um, Eva was a remarkable woman. I love my great aunt Eva. Um, she was amazing in every way. She took me from the hospital, and she was in her 60s when she got me. Now imagine that concept of being in your 60s and getting ready to raise another kid. Now this is after she raised her own daughter, um, Sadie Jean Cameron. And uh, not only raising her own daughter, but had raised all of my, my mother and all of her brothers and sisters. So that's like 11 kids that she had raised. And then she going to take me on. Um, because the doctors wanted to do a late stage abortion, and my aunt said, "You better not touch your hair on that baby head. I'll take the baby." I grew up with her. Um, we weren't rich, but you know we had a good life. You know we always had a roof over our head. We always had good food in our stomach. Um, always just had really good experiences. My aunt taught me a lot. I was hard headed at the time, though. It didn't sink in until much later. Until I was an adult and on my own. That's when the lessons that she taught me really sunk in. And I am so sorry. And I'm so ashamed. And I cry. Because I didn't take advantage of the lessons when they were being taught. I was so disrespectful. But I, I didn't know. I was a kid. And she knew that. And that's why she gave me passes. Even though she beat my butt though. She had to though. Please don't get it twisted. My aunt was not no punk. At all. <laughs> she would tear my butt up. And then when I had the gall to catch the cane. She called my Uncle Dan. My Uncle Dan come and knocked my block off. He was. You know I call him a gentle giant. He was like six foot. I mean tall. I don't know exactly the number. But my uncle was tall. And, uh, you know, but he always had this smile on his face. But every time I disrespected my auntie, it was on. I mean, it was on like popcorn. He would be all over my butt. And um, he's on the other side of the veil now. And I miss him. But I have a lot of love for him. Um, and my auntie is on the other side of the veil. So, um, I grew up in her house in Montbello. Um, around the age of 18, um, well, let me backtrack just a little bit. Um, so as a kid, I always had interest in religion, um, from a very young age. Um, at about the age of 9 or 10, I could explain the book of Revelation. I'm not talking about have, like, verses memorized. I'm talking about I could sit down with you, um, like, you know, Jesus was in the temple, not likening myself to Jesus, but, you know, I could sit down with you and have a actual, uh, theological conversation at eight or nine about the book of Revelation. I know tons of grown folks to this day who don't understand the book of Revelation, especially in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if you want a book that helps you explain, that helps explain that in a greater, greater way, BYU did a uh, commentary book on the book of Revelation, and it's the bomb.com. Get it if you need to understand what the end times are about and, and what our church believes about the end times. You need to go cop that. Um, but, um, so, 
um, I always had this understanding of religion. And my aunt and uncle, they got saved. I was about eight years old. And a couple years after getting saved, God called them into the ministry. And so um, they started their church, Christ in the City Temple of Worship. Shout out to all the old members of that. Um, But my aunt and uncle came over one day. And I was sitting down with them talking about the book of Revelation. And my aunt looked at my uncle and said, We're going to be held accountable if we don't get this boy in church. So I started going to church with them. Got saved at a really young age or what evangelicals call getting saved. Um, At about the age of 12, I preached my first sermon. I taught youth Sunday school. I was a youth minister at my uncle's church for all of my teenage years. Um, I preached, I taught, I I led the choir, I rapped. I mean, I I was deep in the life of the church. Um, really enjoyed it too. I mean, it was a really, really enjoyable experience uh, being in the life of the church. But um, so um, I. You know, was a member of my aunt and uncle's church, and my aunt, my great aunt, raised me until about the age of eighteen. She had to go into a nursing home then, and so when she had to go into the nursing home, I had to find a new place to live, and so I moved in with my aunt and uncle, the pastors. Um, God bless them; they always provided a roof over my head, and I got love from my aunt and uncle. So I moved in with them. And life was alright, you know, I worked every day. I worked at the food bank of the Rockies. Um, I would catch the bus about an hour out to Montbello to work there. Catch the bus about an hour back. Um, you know, life was really um, hard at that time. Because my aunt and uncle just had me living there. They didn't um, have their foster kids and, and whatnot yet. So, I was very lonely because my aunt and uncle, you know, they're a couple. They're married. They got to do what they do. So, you know, they would prepare dinner. Um, She would always, you know, my aunt would always have dinner setting out, you know, for me and whatnot. And they would eat dinner in their room. And except for, like, the occasional Bible study and whatnot, like, I lived most of my life alone. And at the Food Bank of the Rockies where I worked at... The missionaries at the time loved to do community service. I don't know if they still do community service or not. If they don't, they should. Um, But they would be there every Tuesday, Wednesday. We'd have a group of missionaries about 30 deep. And uh, I worked in the uh, shipping and receiving area. So that was like the favorite place for the missionaries because they got to drive around the projects and the big old carts and things and um, help people, you know, loan people's cars and stuff with the uh, stuff, and we would always load down our missionaries, like, that helped, like, we would give them, like, um, the, the supervisor, Mike, would be like, Kenny, make sure that they get some cases of cereal, or if we had, like, frozen pizzas in the freezer, make sure they get cases of frozen pizzas, make sure they get, you know, cases of salad, cases of whatever, and we would load them down, I think that's the main reason why they like working there, but it wasn't just that, though, it was a lot of fun, though, too. And so when I met the missionaries, I told them, I was like, I'm going to baptize y'all. I'm going to convert y'all to my church. Y'all going to be Pentecostal in a minute. And we had a great laugh over that. Um, 
but you know, and I always argue religion. Uh, you know, I read the Godmakers and seen some book Godmakers. I'm like, y'all think we're gonna have endless celestial sex and we're gonna have all these dime bristles up in heaven and 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 we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and it would always be me coming argumentative, but they would always respond in love. And eventually, they just became my friends. Like, I knew them all by name. Like, I could tell. I don't even have to look at their tag. Like, oh, that's Elder Montalvo. Oh, that's Elder Smith. Oh, you know, I was able to. Elder Beasley. Um, Evan, Beasley. Robert Beasley. I don't know somebody from Denver North Mission. It was called our Denver South Mission at the time. That is friends with me on Facebook. If y'all know where Beasley is, y'all need to get that dude in contact with my Facebook pronto. Because I miss that dude. And Elder Wolf too. Um, But yeah. So I became friends with the missionaries. Became real tight with them. And that was good. Um, They kept me Book of Mormons. Um, they would get thrown away, they get barbecued, I mean, so many just got destroyed without my reading. <clears throat> I'm sorry, excuse me for that. It was, it was crazy. But one day my boy Eddie, he said, hey, and he was Elder Montalvo at the time, he said, hey, Kenny, take it home one time, read it and pray on it. If you don't get an answer, I will never bother you again about the Book of Mormon. I was like, bet. Sound like a plan, Stan. I could do that. So I took it home. I read some of it. I prayed over it. I said, you know, Lord, I know this probably ain't true, but if it's, you know, true, let me know. I didn't want to know. And, um... I woke up in the middle of the night, probably about 2, 3 a.m., and I had such a passion and hunger for the Book of Mormon that I knew that it was true. Um, I had that same passion and hunger for the New Testament. I remember, I recall one time, reading the entire New Testament in one night in one sitting, except for bathroom breaks. Um, that was how deep I was into Scripture. Scripture was all I had. So when I knew that the Book of Mormon was Scripture... I contacted Eddie. I called him that morning. It's like, yo, this is true. And Eddie is like, what? Like, I was like, yeah, I got the answer last night. And I told him my experience. And he's like, well, we need to meet. We need to talk about this. I was like, all right. So we set up meeting at Subway on Colfax and like race. Now, mind you, um, my aunt and uncle would never have approved any of this. And they never would let me out the house if they knew Sorry, where I was going, what I was doing. So, I met with Eddie, Elder Montalvo at the time, and we did one discussion. This is back when they had six discussions. I was like, I don't want to learn more. I was hungry. Everything I was learning, I was hungry. I was down for. So, we went through all six discussions. We sat there in that subway for like eight hours. Now, luckily for me, um, his companion... And then also the elders that were over our area, like our our branch, branch I lived in. One of them stayed behind with Eddie and taught me. And the other one went out with the Spanish elder and they both, you know, they did both each area's work. So um, I had all my discussions in one day and I knew it was true. And I felt it burning within my heart. I said, this is true. And I said, 
they asked me, when would you like to get baptized? Would you like to, no, like, when would you, but would you like to get baptized? And I was like, yeah, like, shoot, yeah, like, I gotta, I'm down. And so, um, they were like, well, next week is a Sunday, we could do it then. And I was like, well, tomorrow, you know, is Sunday, how come we can't do it tomorrow? They looked at each other, they was like, hold on a second. They went and grabbed the phone, called the zone leaders, um, Elder Beasley, Elder Wolf, Song leaders flew down, I mean, flew down to the subway. I did my baptismal interview in the backseat of their car. Got approved. And I was baptized. Now, it wasn't easy, because I lost my housing after that. I had to leave my uncle's house immediately, you know, the next day after my baptism. I had to, for the first time ever, live on my own. I didn't have skills at the time. Um, and, you know, it was, it was just very tough to leave everything that I knew that I was familiar with and try something else. So, I joined the church, and I can't say that it's been easy. My life has been difficult. My life has been very hard. It's had its full share of ups and downs. But God is faithful. God is faithful. He's been better to me than I can ever be to myself. And in every step of the way, He's been there for me. I'm bearing my testimony that the Book of Mormon is indeed Scripture. I'm bearing my testimony that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God. I'm bearing my testimony that he was called to organize the church in these latter days. I testify that we're led by prophets today. President Russell M. Nelson is a prophet called by God for this day. I bear witness that we are the Church of Jesus Christ upon the face of the earth. And that you can find happiness, joy, and peace in abundant great quantities here at this church. And I bear you my testimony of the fact that God lives, that Christ lives. He's been better to me than I could be to myself. So, I thank you guys for listening to the first ever inaugural podcast. Just sharing my testimony a little bit. Next week, we're going to go into some nitty-gritty stuff. But, um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this. Share it around. God bless.